Well, I want to thank the, uh, the Roby family. I'm not going to try to list all the names for uh, lighting the fourth candle or lamp in our Advent wreath uh, this year. This is the Sunday of the Angels. And uh, to light that lamp, we appreciate the Robies. If you've not met them, they are from South Carolina, and they talk right. I'll just let y'all know, uh, for those of us who grew up where I grew up, uh, the rest of y'all talk funny, not us, all right? Just let you know that. Um, we're so glad that you're here with us. There are a couple of things I need to let you know about uh, today. One is that the Children of Promise tree that is in the connecting place uh, that Mason was just telling you about, where you can scan the ornament and make that, uh, that donation that then goes to a local economy and goes to our national leaders. Children of Promise, uh, Mike Webb, who led our worship this morning, and his wife Heather are the co-directors of Children of Promise. It's an organization based here in Anderson that touches um, lives of children, almost 5,000 children, around the globe in 30 different countries, and they have national leaders who are over those children and in that area. And so what this allows us to do is to give gifts that are appropriate to the child and in their location. And by doing it this way, the gifts are purchased in country, which then helps that local economy as well as helping uh, the children. And we've had someone step forward. No one's told me who. Uh, Mike and Heather's team just let us know last week that an East Side member has agreed to match every dollar, dollar for dollar, that East Side folks uh, contribute to the Children of Promise Christmas, uh, digital Christmas boxes. So if you've not yet uh, given something beyond your family, beyond yourself, uh, for this Christmas. I want to encourage you after the service today, um, if you're on campus, to go out into the connecting place, turn left, and go to the Children of Promise table. And uh, what you do there, whether it's $5, and there are some uh, gifts that you can give for $5, or whether it's $100, uh, I want to encourage you to, uh, to do that today and, and join me and my family in doing that because we really want to make a difference in the lives of children. And, and to whoever the wonderful anonymous, generous donor is. Thank you very much for what you're doing. So I'd like to ask you a question uh, on this Sunday before Christmas Sunday, all right? Uh, and that is, what's your Christmas treasure? What's the thing that you, like, treasure the most? The, the, the thing that you, like, if you think about Christmas, what is it? I was uh, talking with a family first service, and, and mom's kids were home. And she's like, having my kids home, that's my, that's my treasure that right there. Having all my kids in my house, their feet under my table, that's, that's my treasure. I, 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 uh, I still remember a little boy who came to church the Sunday after Christmas one year, and he had, he had gotten, um, uh, please, some of you are not going to like this, but, but his parents had gotten him a holster and a gun, all right, and cowboy boots and a hat to match, all right, and, and he, was, he was all over with that. I mean, just he was in church the whole time. Mama's, mama's like, you cannot fire the cap gun. It was a little cap gun. And, and no, you cannot fire it during church. But buddy, as soon as church was over, he was all through the heart. We're like, what? no, that's, it's his best Christmas gift ever. You know? I don't know what your, what your treasure is, but I do know, I do know that, that the Bible teaches us that, that where our treasure is, that's where our heart will be. 
In fact, the Jesus who was born in Bethlehem in the manger, the little baby, he, he's the one who said that. He's the one who said that, that whatever you treasure, that, that's, that's the thing that drives your life. So sometimes your treasure is more your dream. So sometimes your treasure is your ambition. Sometimes your treasure is your goal. But, uh, but sometimes your treasure is what you hold in your hand. At our house, for those of you who come by this afternoon, um, you'll see several different Christmas trees. I've, I've told you that. <laughs> but what my wife has, I counted them just to make sure I hadn't exaggerated with hyperbole. Uh, and that, is, that there are 14 Christmas trees on the main floor of our house. And each one of those trees is decorated with a theme. And one of those trees is, is decorated with decorations that belong to my wife's great-grandmother. I want you to think about that for a minute. I mean, in my house, I grew up with two brothers. My mother had no ornaments left from anyone by the time we went to high school, all right? We broke everything, all right? But, but in my wife's family, they guarded those, and, and there are some very special ornaments there. There are some ornaments that, when I look at them, they're, they're my treasure, because they, they are ornaments that symbolize certain years in our life, things that happened when our sons were born or, or when our granddaughters were born or, or memories that we have from different places. I, I don't know what your treasure is, but what I do know is that Christmas is a time when treasures become reality. And, and this morning, I, I wanna invite you into a little bit of a journey Christmas is all about a journey, right? I mean, there's Mary and Joseph going to Bethlehem. There's the angel Gabriel who came from heaven to earth to give the message. There are the wise men who came from a long way away. There are shepherds who, who came from a field watching their flocks. Christmas is all about a journey. And so this morning, I wanna read for you a story of the journey Luke records it in Matthew chapter two, I'm sorry, in Luke chapter two, and he, he records it this way, talking about what was going on outside of Bethlehem after Jesus was born. You probably have heard the story as you've experienced Christmas, but today I'd like you to, I'd like you to hear the story with fresh ears, and I'd like you to hear the story from the standpoint of where is your treasure? Listen. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom God is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, 
which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when the shepherds saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Did you catch that? Mary treasured these things in her heart, and she pondered on them. Now, what, what in the world does Luke mean? Mary treasured these things. Well, let's think for just a minute about, about the journey Mary's been on. Remember this whole story opened up with Mary, a young woman, betrothed. It was a legal form. It wasn't quite engagement, but it was a part of the process. It was actually a legal binding agreement between her family and Joseph's family. She was probably somewhere between 13 and 14 years of age. All of her life, she had been taught, she, she, had, she had been prepared that her job, her role in society was to, to be a wife and a mom. And she had been taught that and prepared for that her entire life and then had agreed to this betrothal, this arrangement for marriage with Joseph, who was a young man who was a carpenter in their village of Nazareth. And before, before they were married, while they were betrothed, before the ceremony had taken place, before, before they had ever been sexually intimate with each other, before she'd been sexually intimate with anyone, an angel shows up, an angel named Gabriel. And Gabriel says to her, hey, Mary, I know all your life you've been prepped for this, but I just need you to know right now it's not gonna happen the way you thought it was gonna happen. In fact, here's what's gonna happen. You've been chosen by God. Because you've been so faithful, because you've been so righteous, you've been chosen by God to, to bear a child, to, to have a baby. And she's like, no way, wait, wait a minute. We, we read this a couple of weeks ago, right? No way, no, that, that can't happen. Because I, I understand how, where babies come from. I understand what takes place there. But, and that hasn't happened in my life. That's not something I've done. And the angel says, no, listen, this is gonna be a once and forever experience for the world. Because what's gonna happen is that God's spirit is going to come over you and you're going to conceive this child and this child will be born. See, that's where the journey started. And when Mary, at the end of this story, is treasuring up these things in her heart, she's remembering all of that. She's remembering the angel telling her, your plans are out the window. God's got a different set of plans for you. She's remembering. She's remembering how when she told Joseph that, that, that you know what, um, I'm gonna have a baby and you're not the dad. She's, she's remembering his reaction. She's remembering how he came back to her later on and, and said, you know what, I, I wasn't gonna divorce you. I was just gonna put you away privately. I wasn't gonna shame you in public and, and, and put you to all that shame. But, but then the angel showed up and told me what's going on. And so, Mary, I get it. It's weird. It's different. And nobody's ever been through this before. But, but you know what? God's told me he wants me to marry you anyway. 
God's told me he wants me to be the human father figure for his only begotten son. So let's, let's do this. She's remembering how, how the women in the village talked about her. She's remembering about all of the ridicule and all the shame and all the people who looked at her sideways and were like, yeah, well, Mary, that, Mary's lost it. She's, she's got this, this story. She's, she's covering up something. There's something not right. All of these things she's remembering while she's holding a baby in her arms. And now there are these shepherds who've shown up. I mean, it's bad enough that she has to go to Bethlehem away from her village and, and she gets there and it's crowded not just with people but with all of her own relatives because everybody went to their own home city. And now she's, she's been through that shame and, and that ridicule and, and not even having a place to stay and, and she gives birth to a baby and, and now suddenly shepherds show up. And they start telling her about angels that have shown up out on the fields outside of Bethlehem. And, and they've been talking about glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill among those with whom his favor rests. And, and now suddenly Mary's sitting there and she's, she's overwhelmed. Because now she's not at the total end of the story. But she's enough into the story to be able to see the story and to see some things coming to light, things that she's been shamed about, things that she's been ridiculed for, things that when she said, no, this is what God wanted me to do, and other people said, are you sure? And she said, I have to do what God wants me to do. And now these shepherds show up. Oh, and by the way, these are not just normal shepherds. When Luke says there were shepherds watching their flocks by night out in the fields outside of Bethlehem. Some of you know this, but some of you don't. Bethlehem is not far from a place called Jerusalem. And Jerusalem was where the Jewish people went to worship in a temple. And every year in that temple, and every time there were festivals, there, there would be lambs that would be sacrificed. And most travelers couldn't bring with them their own lamb from where they lived. It just was too hard and too much, so they brought money with them. And in Jerusalem, they would buy lambs to sacrifice in the temple, lambs that had to be spotless, lambs that had to be pure, lambs that had to be cared for. These were the lambs on the fields outside of Bethlehem. And these were the, the shepherds, the, the people who had been given the task of, of keeping those lambs pure and spotless and ready to be sacrificed to God. These weren't just any lambs. These weren't just any shepherds. They, they, were, they were lambs and shepherds who were a part of the activity of God. And now they're standing in front of Mary, and they're looking at Mary, and they're saying, hey, hey, look, man, angels showed up. One angel at first, then a whole bunch of them. And they told us that, that we should come because here in Bethlehem, the Savior of the world has been born. You want to talk about treasure for Christmas. Think about what it took for, the, for God himself to give his one and only son for Jesus Jesus who spoke the world into being. That passage that Mike read for you earlier from John's gospel, the first chapter, in the verses before the ones he read, starting at verse 10, you will find these words. That in the beginning was the Word, 
And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And without the Word, nothing that was created was ever created. Who is the Word? Jesus is the Word. And what John tells us, what the scriptures teach us, is that God spoke the world into being and Jesus was the voice that spoke the world into being. Now why would you say that, Pastor, talking about treasuring up Christmas? Because get this, the voice that spoke the world into being, the mind that created the concept, the God of the universe, the most powerful authority in all of any human beings ever, ever experienced, chose to become a baby who couldn't even talk. Now think about that for a minute. The voice that spoke the world into being, the voice that created everything, that voice chose to become mute, chose to be born in the humility of a stable, in an overcrowded city to a woman who had been ridiculed, to a man who had been mocked. Well, that Joseph, I don't know why he's marrying that girl. God himself. See, Jesus is God. The Holy Spirit is God. We act like they're three separate individuals. They are three, but yet they are one. So God himself chose to silence his own voice to be born in the humility, to humble himself and come onto the earth. Mary, Mary who had in faith believed that what the angel said was true. Mary who had in faith allowed her body to be used as a place to carry God himself. Mary heard what the shepherds said. And Mary treasured those thoughts. See, Christmas treasures are more than your memories. Christmas treasures are more than your toys and gifts. Christmas treasures are more than your family traditions. Christmas treasures are the, are the places where God is at work. And this Christmas, as we're headed in the next seven days to the celebration of the birth of Jesus, I think it's important for us to know that, that we're called to Christmas treasures to treasure some things in our life, to treasure this reality of this story, to understand it's not fiction, it's not made up, it's not Hollywood, it's not, it's not a YouTube video, it's not even a TikTok, for heaven's sake. It's real. And Mary, Mary held the baby, and she heard the words from the shepherds that the angels proclaimed and in her heart she began to ponder I love that word ponder it's not a word we're familiar with in our culture 
Because pondering requires, it requires time. P- pondering re- re- requires thinking. You know, we live, in a, we live in a society where we react. I mean, we tweet. <laughs> or we like, or we unlike. Or we, or we get it instantly. I mean, have any of you, please, don't raise your hand, but have you ever stood in front of a microwave going, I wish this thing worked faster? The fact of the matter is, in our culture, we don't ponder well. But if we're gonna see the treasures of Christmas, if we're gonna experience what it means to really know that, that Jesus is born in Bethlehem and he's the savior of the world, then, then, then we've gotta learn to ponder because here's what happens. When you begin to treasure the things that God treasures, when you begin to remember the places in your life that God is at work, when you begin to see those things happening in your world and you, like Mary, are staying there and you're looking at a baby who is the promised salvation of the world and you're hearing the voices of shepherds who've just heard angels and, and these are shepherds you can trust because they're, they're responsible for the, for the lambs, for the temple. And you're standing there and you begin to treasure and then you start pondering in your heart. You see, Christmas treasures come from the pondering. And they come from Pondering God's promises fulfilled in our life. When, when those shepherds were, were talking to Mary and when they, when they were celebrating the birth of Jesus, when, when Luke says she, she treasured up these things and she began to ponder them in her heart, what she was doing is she was remembering all that stuff I just told you about. She's remembering all of those days, all of those voices, all of the mocking, all of the questioning, all of the doubt, all of the fear, all of the anxiety. She remembered all of those things. And as she's remembering that and she's looking at the baby and she's going, you know what? God made a promise and it wasn't easy, but it's fulfilled. I don't know about you this Christmas, but, but I long to be able to, to sit and ponder long enough to see the treasures that God has already fulfilled in my life. And because I can see the ones he's already fulfilled, I can have the faith developed enough for the ones he's promising now and next. But if I don't believe he's ever fulfilled a promise, if I don't look in my life and see that, hey, you know what? There's a, there's a place where God has shown up. There's, a, there's some things that God has done in my life. And if I don't see those, if I don't experience those, then, then, then I can't believe he's gonna do the next thing. But Mary, she treasured up everything. And she took time and she pondered it. And she saw that God had fulfilled his promises to her. And in doing so, she also discovered something else, that, that Christmas treasures come from pondering God's heart revealed in our life. They come from pondering the fact that, that God revealed his heart when the baby Jesus was born. I mean, think about what, did you hear it when I read it, what the angels said to the shepherds out of the field? Glory to God in the highest 
and on earth peace, goodwill to those upon whom his favor rests. Or as the old King James used to say that I memorized as a kid, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men and women. The King James forgot those last two words. But it's this understanding that in the birth of Jesus, in the birth of the Savior of the world, the heart of God is revealed. Mary, Mary's treasuring that up. Yes, the birth has been the fulfillment of a promise, but it's also the revelation of the heart of God. And Mary, Mary would know that more than anyone else. She'd already faced the shame and the ridicule, the hardship. And now, now she gives birth, and guess what happens? As she gives birth to this child, and they begin to raise the child, Matthew tells us that, that within the first couple of years of the baby's life, the wise men showed up, and King Herod didn't know anything about what God was doing. But he sent the wise men, and he, he was trying to kill the baby to protect his kingdom. Mary, Mary didn't know that when she's treasuring and pondering what the shepherds had to say. But here's what she knew. She knew that God had revealed his heart. Mary didn't know, sitting holding the baby Jesus, that there would be a day when she would lose the Son of God in the temple and be panicked and find him sitting in the temple at 12 years of age talking to the rabbis, talking to the teachers, talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, answering their questions. And when they, she and Joseph would look at him and say, hey, hey, Jesus, why didn't you tell us where you were? He's like, didn't you know I'd be in my father's house? She, 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 she didn't know sitting there that day that that there would be a day when somebody would knock on her door and say, hey, you gotta do something about your son, Jesus. I mean, he's either filled with the devil because he's, he's just causing all kinds of havoc. You gotta go get the boy. The people would call her son, who she knew to be the son of God, her son who was the fulfillment of the promise, that she would, that she would know, she would know that heartache. She would understand that pain. She didn't even really understand as she pondered and treasured that there would be a day, that there would be a day when, when people would take her son, now a man, and that all of his followers would abandon him except just a handful, and that he would be stretched out on a cross with nails put in his hands and feet, a crown of thorns pressed on his head, she didn't understand that day that, that she would stand at the foot of that cross and that Jesus would look down as he was dying, see her, see the beloved disciple John, and say, mother, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. She didn't understand when she treasured and pondered in Bethlehem what was gonna happen in the journey to Jerusalem, but here's what she didn't know. She knew that the heart of God had been revealed. She would experience it all the way to the place where Jesus, bleeding, gasping for breath, mocked and ridiculed by the crowd, would look up to the heavens and say, 
Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. My friends, when Mary treasured up in her heart and pondered what God was doing, what she knew was the baby in her arms revealed the heart of God. And that the heart of God could overcome everything. Brokenness, shame, ridicule, failure, even sin and hell itself. Because you see, Christmas treasures come from pondering God's work, God's love, God's grace, God's heart, but they also come from pondering God's message shared in our lives. I love the fact that these shepherds who came to see, who shared the story with Mary that Mary treasured in her heart, when they left, Again, this Christmas has been the Christmas of realization for me about who was in Bethlehem. Can you get this? These shepherds, tasked with taking care of the lambs for the temple, trusted by the religious establishment with one of the most sacred jobs that could be. These shepherds who've been visited by an angel and listened to an angel host, now have shared the story with Jesus' mother and father, with Joseph and Mary. And now they leave, and as they're leaving, are you ready for this? They're telling everybody they can see what's happened to them and about what's happened in the stable, about the baby that was born. And as they do that, here's the killer. Do you know who they're telling? The relatives of Mary and Joseph who are in Bethlehem for the census. Who are the relatives of Mary and Joseph? Well, most of them lived in Nazareth. Do you know who was among that bunch? The very women who gossiped about Mary. The very men who mocked Joseph. The very people who ridiculed Mary and Joseph and this story of an of an angel and a, and a Holy Spirit conception of a child. Yeah, they, that, that's, that's who the shepherds were talking to. <laughs> the, the, shepherds are, the shepherds are going back in there telling everybody they can see, and these people are like, what? Here, here's what, in essence, is going on. The shepherds are going, y'all are wrong. You shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have ridiculed Mary. You shouldn't have ridiculed Joseph because what we've just seen is the heart of God revealed. What we've just seen is the promise of God fulfilled. What we've just seen is the message we have to tell you. No matter what's happened in your life, this Christmas, my prayer for you is that you will find Christmas treasure from pondering God's work in the world and in you.
as we were preparing for today, uh, Mike and I were talking, and um, and as we were talking, he, I said, hey, Mike, you, you remember a song you shared with me a month or six weeks ago? I said, I, I think I'd like I'd like us to close with that song. It's a brand new song. It's just been released in the last few months. I will tell you, um, it's by a guy named Stephen Curtis Chapman, who for some of you, you're like, oh, I remember him. Or some of you are like the 30-something when I mentioned to who said, is he alive still? Yeah, Steve's still alive. He's still writing music, okay? But, uh, but he's written this song. And it's a powerful song. And so whether you're on campus or online today, I, I just want to invite you to hear these words. And as you hear them, I, I want to I invite you to, to ponder in your own heart God's treasure, God's Christmas treasure. clear, Kentucky blue, he led me high up a mountain to show me the view, he said wherever this journey takes you, just trust me, I'm already there, I had no way of knowing then, just how hard the rain would fall, and how fierce would be the wind, it seemed beautiful, Terrible, more painful, more wonderful than I ever could have known. But even so, still I'm gonna sing about the one who's given life to me. Oh, his love is unchanging, his grace is amazing still. got a heart with doubts and fears pounding in my chest and I've wrestled and I've rested and I've trusted and I've tested God's patience like a foolish man and when I surrender once again and I call like a little child reaching up my hand he lifts me every time and he tells me he loves me
gonna sing. I'm gonna sing about the one who has given life to me. His love is unchanging. His grace is amazing still. I'm gonna praise the only one who always stays the same. Oh, I know he is good. I know he is faithful still. I'm gonna trust him still. I'm gonna trust and your faithfulness to us. And Lord, we are pondering this treasure of Jesus sent to earth to be our example, ultimately to be our Savior who died on a cross on our behalf because of our weaknesses and our failures. Lord, we love you. We give ourselves to you and we praise you still this morning. God, as we continue on through the rest of our day, through the rest of our week, and into the Christmas season, Lord, may we ponder these beautiful treasures. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen.